The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Steve Down. He is the CEO of Steve Down LLC. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Jordan. How are you? Let's start with a little bit of your background. You've been involved in many different businesses over the years. Uh, you now have uh, this financially fit business, but just kind of give us a brief rundown of your background and how you've come to where you are today. Well, my background is uh, I've, I've been a, a, a serial entrepreneur. It sounds like that, that's something that we have in, in common, Jordan. Yes. And uh, I've started many companies over the years. Uh, I, I typically say that uh, I've been self-unemployed my entire career, and, uh, and I'm prob- uh, perhaps unemployable because I, I have a passion for what I do. Uh, and uh, as it's been said uh, before, that I've really made my, uh, my vocation my vacation. Uh, but I've been, uh, uh, I, I started as a financial planner for many years. I transitioned into fee-only financial planning services, uh, the fastest-growing and largest uh, uh, fee-only financial planning service in the Intermountain West. And, and, and then I, I decided to, to, to uh, transition into education uh, with uh, my company, Financially Fit. And, and it was really financially fit as I've internalized the principles I teach. You know, the, 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 uh, the teacher always benefits more than the pupil because as you, as you repeat, uh, uh, you know, principles, uh, they, be, uh, they, they become internalized. And, uh, and it's influenced me in many ways, and I've uh, started other businesses based on uh, perhaps the, the philosophy that I teach and financially fit. So let's talk about financially fit a little bit. What are some of the principles that you like to teach people, and and how do you do it? Do you coach them individually? Do you have financial planners? What is the business model for financially fit? The business model is uh, is personal financial education and coaching. Uh, our vision is to become the global leader in personal education and services, which includes uh, one-on-one coaching. And it's a very affordable uh, type of coaching. For uh, for example, ninety-seven dollars a month, you have a, a personal uh, coach uh, uh, that, uh, that that coaches you uh, on a one-on-one basis over the phone. Our, our objectives with financially fit is to be. Uh, you know, we always begin with the process of changing the way you feel, think, and act about money. Because, uh, as you know, uh, Jordan, until people cha- change in the inside. There's no uh, permanent external change. You know, I've got to change your heart and mind before I change your bank uh, bank account over the long term. So we teach the psychology of wealth. We take people through a, a wealth awakening, and I could share with you some exercises that we uh, that yes, we that would be helpful. To, I, I, that would be okay, helpful to give some of those exercises. Where the rubber yes. meets the road. Well, for example, 
you know, and, and I really, when I developed my, uh, my program, uh, it began with a program called Financially Fit for Life, The Seven Steps, which, of course, evolved into the book, Financially Fit for Life, The Seven Steps. I really didn't want to begin with psychology, Jordan, because I didn't want to be accused of, uh, of uh, you know, of, you know, providing pop psychology. Uh, you know, I, you know, I wanted to be practical, but I, but then I recognized that I, I it really begins uh, from the inside out, and uh, and it doesn't be, begin in the mind; it begins in your heart, and it begins by simply with e- exercise number one of, of of step one in our financially fit for, uh, for life program is to is for you to simply make a choice. It's I Steve down choose to be rich. And it is, as simple as that might sound, Jordan, it really it does begin with a choice where people make a conscious choice. They, they, you know, it's actually a, a, a self-contract in a sense that I, Steve Down, choose to be rich. Uh, so that's exercise one of step one. And then, of course, there's more details. Let's then, stay uh, on that for a minute. So how have you applied that in your own life? You say you want to be rich, but how, in fact, have you... Uh, kind of made that, in fact, happen in your own life? Well, it, it actually, uh, I think it's important to transition into exercise two, where, uh, where you, you create what I refer to as a wealth vision. And uh, this is where you uh, plant the seed in your heart. You crystallize exactly what you want financially during your lifetime, and then uh, uh, you nurture that seed so that it grows and, and it manifests itself in, into income and assets. And, and so you, uh, your wealth vision, uh, my wealth vision has had the greatest influence on me. At age 60, I still review my wealth vision on a, on a daily basis. Don't confuse a wealth vision with financial goals, Jordan, because uh, you know, goals change uh, often. Whereas, uh, a, uh, you know, your wealth vision is something that grows, it develops, it, it evolves. And, so what, what is, uh, tell me about people, your wealth vision today. Where, where has it evolved to today? My wealth vision is to, uh, is to go uh, 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 10 times where I am today at, at, at age 65 to, be, uh, to be, uh, have an asset, uh, assets of $1 billion. Wow, and, that's quite uh, a vision. Okay. And how far along are you towards $1 billion? Well, I said I, I need to add one more zero. And oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm past the century mark. And, and, and so what I teach uh, really does impact one's life, Jordan, because, you know, uh, you know it really begins with the heart. I, I refer to it as a wealth heart. And... Uh, and the uh, you know, and then your mind begins to uh, find ways to attract that's what that what you truly desire that you you know that 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 heart's desire that you plant deep within your heart, and you know, and, and I know that we're just uh, generalizing, but that uh, there is a process of planting and nurturing and growing, and in that process. It's pretty miraculous, you know. When I see, uh, when I go to California and see a redwood tree, I'm impressed. That's a miracle. But it started with a seed. Yeah. And that, so, so do it you have investors that you that you bring in to, to, to into the projects that you have to help them reach their wealth vision as well? Is that part of your business plan? You know, it's interesting that you would uh, know that, uh, Jordan, because we've never met before, but. 
Yes, I, I have uh, private equity partners across the country. If you look at the uh, Fortune 400, based on our own research, we've discovered that, uh, that 497, or excuse me, 397 of the, of the 400 richest men and women in America did it through private equity, a private company. And, uh, and, I, uh, and I'm a private equity guy. Uh, the most famous private equity guy in America, of course, is Warren Buffett. What makes, him, uh, what makes me different from Warren Buffett? He plays in the big leagues. I play in the minor leagues. But what makes us also different is that, is that I create companies, whereas Warren Buffett, as you know, buys companies. So, yes, uh, I, I have private equity partners across the country. But before I invite people in at that level, Jordan, they have to reach a certain level of financial fitness. It may take them months. It may take them years to get there. But I won't bring people into... Uh, the private equity world until they've achieved a certain level of financial fitness. So the people who want to invest with you have to go through your financially fit course before you allow them to invest with you? Is that the way it works? No, no, not at all. Uh, many people are, are already financially fit. And uh, we, we want to get them to about a million dollar uh, you know, asset value and a positive income. And... Uh, uh, you know, a positive cash flow, and uh, and so those are some of the minimal requirements. And then we have to feel comfortable and compatible, you know, because when I uh, invite people into my private equity deals, these are people who are basically boarding my, my ship, and and, uh, and and I want I want to make sure that they're that they are people who are like minded. It's a lot of fun. It's a great adventure. One of the things I saw on your website is you deal a lot with dentists. Is that right? And what kind of services do you offer to dentists, and why is it that you're so interested in dentists, and are they investing in your deals? Tell me a lot about your, your dental uh, business. Well, as you know, Jordan, that the general solicitation rule was lifted uh, upon the signing of the Jobs Act. That permitted guys like you and me uh, with the opportunity to present private equity to uh, people that we didn't have a prior relationship with. Sometimes people are surprised to learn that, yes, uh, since the Securities Act of 1933, uh, it was uh, prohibited to uh, present a private equity opportunity to someone you didn't have a prior relationship with. Well, upon the signing of the Jobs Act, that was lifted. And so I I asked myself, uh, since I, I, I would like to, you know, I can have more influence in the marketplace by bringing in uh, other private equity partners, who do I want to talk to? Well, I decided, uh, I came to the realization uh, that uh, doctors, they have money, but they don't have time. They're generally financially fit, but they don't really know how to take it to the next level, getting their dollars working as hard as they work. And so I started my own financial, uh, my own uh, continuing education company that provides uh, continuing edu- education credit for doctors and uh, we focus primarily now on uh, dental events. We do them across the country. I was in Chicago over this weekend, and, and as the sponsor of the, uh, of the event for, for continuing education, it gave me an opportunity as the corporate sponsor to uh, provide a one-hour educational segment on private equity. And, and, and by developing that relationship, I have now hundreds of uh, private equity partners across the country to um, our, our doctors. If people want to find out more about your programs like Financially Fit and so on, what is the website they could go to to find out more? 
They can go to financiallyfit.com. They can also go to uh, stevedown.com and to learn more about me. But financiallyfit.com, I'm sure there's a way to to reach out to us on, on that website. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Steve Down. He's the CEO of Steve Down LLC. You can see involved in financial fitness and all kinds of businesses. We're going to get into it in more detail. Uh, so we'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Steve Down, CEO of Steve Down LLC. Uh, He also runs something called Financially Fit. He's got all kinds of businesses we're going to learn more about. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Thanks, Jordan. So let's talk about uh, your what you call cause capitalism and what that means and how you actually implement that in some of your businesses. Thank you. Well, cause capitalism, Jordan, is a it's the new capitalism, and what I mean by that is the old capitalism it must go away. It's uh, it doesn't have the credibility it needs in order to sustain uh, you know in, in the uh, decades to come. We've already seen uh, socialistic uh, candidates and, and ideals listened to and embraced, and the millennials uh, are not that fond of traditional capitalism. It's kind of a dog-eat-dog, uh, win-lose mentality in the marketplace, and, uh, and I can appreciate where they're coming from. So capitalism must change. It must become a kinder, gentler, more compassionate form of capitalism in order to, to survive. I've, uh, you know, I have seven children and I have ten grandchildren, and I, I teach them that when we lose capitalism or the free market, we lose our freedom. You can't have one without the other. And so capitalism, it must be preserved. And, and I'm wanting to 
lead this charge in the marketplace cause capitalism because I believe that it has the power to preserve capitalism. I know that sounds idealistic and it's a big idea, but uh, it's important to me. I believe it's my legacy. I've trademarked the words uh, cause capitalism because I wanted to to control the definition. The definition, uh, Jordan, is when a a for-profit chooses as its partner a non-profit. Not as a gimmick, but as a sustainable partner. May I give an example? Sure. And particularly with the businesses that you run, how do you actually do this in practice? Well, let me uh, sh- uh, introduce you to the fastest growing restaurant concept, not out of Utah, but in history. It's called Even Stevens. Even Stevens was inspired uh, as, a, as a sandwich shop when I was traveling with my personal assistant. He asked me, uh, as we were enjoying a sandwich, I, uh, you know, I asked him, how do you improve upon this concept? This was great, a great sandwich, great service. He said, well, Steve, you're the so-called serial entrepreneur. He said, I challenge you to improve upon this concept before I'm done with my sandwich. Well, I set my sandwich down. I, I saw that as a great uh, challenge. I'd rather think of the next business than, than eat, uh, eat anyway. And so I, I, I said, tell you what, I, after thinking a couple of minutes, I said, we'll build a sandwich shop near the University of Utah you know, for the demographic, and for every sandwich we serve, we'll provide a sandwich of equal nutritional value to the community's hungry, sandwich for sandwich. Uh, my assistant, he drops his sandwich. I asked him, did I offend you? And he said, well, Steve, I would drive past, uh, you know, Subway, Jimmy John's, and Quiznos every day of the week to buy a sandwich from a place like that. I said, really? He said, well, wouldn't you? And I said, well, uh, perhaps. I just never thought of it before. And he said, well, you don't pay me enough money where I have money left over at the end of the month where I can give. He said, Steve, you take it for granted that you have the opportunity to give because you're established in life. And I said, well, that's fair. He asked me, what would I call it? I said, I think I'd call it Even Stevens. After all, my name is Stephen, uh, Steve. And, uh, and we both laughed. I said, do you get it? And he said, of course I get it. The, the hungry and the privileged are, are on an even playing field. I said, I couldn't have said that better. And he then mentioned that, that uh, Even Stevens uh, is a television show. What the Brady Bunch was for my generation, Even Stevens is for the millennial generation with Shia LaBeouf. And it's, so it's already been branded in the, in the psychic of the millennial generation, 80 million people. So uh, when I got home, I pitched it to my wife, Colleen. Uh, She's always nervous when I come up with another business idea. So she's my toughest sale. She liked it. My kids liked it. Friends of my kids asked me if they could work at Even Stevens when I built my first one. I then knew that we had an idea. And so I grabbed uh, evenstevens.com. It was owned by a businessman in Shanghai. I, I, I paid him. I transacted it on the telephone. Suddenly we're in business. Even Stevens now uh, has had the Sandwich of the Year Award for three consecutive years in Utah, the new Concept of the Year Award in its first year, the Restaurant of the Year Award after a, a year and a half in business, and, and uh, the National Restaurant Association gave us the, uh, the Best in the Neighborhood Award this year. And we're opening, uh, cutting the ribbon on restaurant number 17 next week, We'll have 25 by the end of the year, 250 restaurants op- operating by the end of 2020. Now, the, the, the part that, that's most important as it relates to cause capitalism is that each restaurant, Jordan, contracts with four nonprofit partners. When we, so who, who do you give sandwiches to? When we serve a sandwich, 
uh, we uh, give them a cash credit, and these nonprofit partners then uh, have access to to the cash credit online. They order food from our wholesaler. It's delivered directly to their freezer, and this is like Boys and Girls Club of America, Catholic Charities, uh, the... Uh, the YWCA, and so on. We now have uh, approaching 70 nonprofit partners across the country who rave about us, who give us great advertising, and influencers in the marketplace like you, Jordan, have have, have helped us spread our word. What I simply did is I I took the dollars that would normally go to that that, uh, Madison Avenue ad agency where you live, and I, I've rechanneled those dollars into the mouths of the hungry, and I've relied on social consciousness, social responsibility, and the media to spread our word. And not only do we have a four and a half star rating with uh, Yelp, and by the way, the famous brand, uh, you know, the, the the famous brand Shake Shack, where you're from, uh, you yeah. know. Uh, perhaps the best hamburger in the country has uh, below a four-star rating. We have a four-and-a-half-star Yelp rating, which is unheard of for the fast, casual restaurant business. We're growing like crazy, 250 restaurants, uh, and uh, it took McDonald's seven-and-a-half years to serve their one million sandwich. Seven what is 250 restaurants? You're, you're, you're planning on having 250 restaurants? Is that the, the goal? By the end of 2020, I'd like to I get see. to 2,000 restaurants before I retire because then we're, we're feeding a million people per day by providing the best sandwiches you've ever tasted before, Jordan, and, uh, and, and, and giving a great return to my investors because there is money in the fast casual restaurant business. Are the, I, restaurants, I, I was, are the restaurants profitable and cash flow positive now? Yes. Yeah, generally speaking, uh, within a, a, a fairly short time, within its first 90 days, that restaurant will be ca- uh, will will be cash flow positive, and uh, and that's very unique in the fast casual restaurant yes. sector where the margins are very tight. Right now, another of your businesses is the Falls Event Center. Describe what that business is and how has that been going. Before I move on, I've got to mention, uh, finish my statement. It took McDonald's seven and a half years okay. for one million. We did it in two years, which means we also fed a million people. But this right. uh, philosophy applies to each one of our businesses. The Falls Event Center is a, concept, a unique concept when it comes to what I refer to as a small event center, an event center that's small. And uh, now what, what makes us unique in the marketplace is that uh, if it's your uh, wedding reception, your Aunt Mary can actually cater the wedding. It's, a, it, it's an elegant yet affordable venue for family, business, and community events. But it also has, it's flexible, but it also has a give back, Jordan, where the space that, that remains unsold within 30 days, we give to our nonprofit partners. Why let that inventory sit, sit empty and dark? When there, there, there is, is such tremendous need in the marketplace, maybe it's that the daughter of a single mother uh, for her quinceanera or her wedding, and they don't have the, uh, you know, they can't have the wedding in the in the two bedroom apartment, uh, and and, and uh, in Queens, and they can't, you know, and and they can't have it in the city park in the winter time, and so they, you know, it basically it, it has a give back very similar to even Stevens. What I've discovered is that it doesn't cost me money, Jordan. It makes me money because who doesn't want to do business? With, uh, who doesn't want to buy the best sandwich in the world from even Stevens when they have a give back? 
feeding hungry people, and why wouldn't they want to have their wedding at the Falls Event Center when it's exactly what you want and need at a price you can afford and it has a give back? As so it what, where are some of the t- t- tell us where some of the fall event centers are and what's your plan on, on growing that business? We have 16 event centers uh, in the state of or- uh, states of Oregon, Colorado, California, uh, Oregon, uh, and uh, Arizona. Uh, we intend to uh, we have a property now in St. Paul uh, where uh, we have uh, where uh, properties developing in the state of Texas. Uh, my goal, my vision is 200 event centers by the end of 2022. And so with uh, 16, we have a lot of uh, work, but we're just hitting that tipping point where we can build them fast now that we've proven the concept. And I hear you also have a hotel under operation. What are the, the plans for the hotel? Well, the hotel, uh, can, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. What we discovered is that when there's a hotel next to the Falls Event Center, the hotel would rather send the events next door than doing them, uh, themselves their core business as sleeping rooms. So we decided to put uh, uh, Steve's Hotel next door to Falls Event Centers across the country. We're starting with our, uh, our McMinnville, Oregon, near Portland, Oregon facility. Uh, you mentioned uh, before this show that we have a world-class water park there. Uh, it's the number one water, uh, rated uh, water park on the West Coast. And so it, uh, we're putting a resort hotel between our, uh, our event center and our water park it's called Steve's Hotel. It's a mid-range hotel, kind of Hilton Garden Inn level of experience. But what's unique about this hotel, Jordan, is yes, it has a give back. For every hotel room that you book, uh, we provide a reimbursement for a bed in a homeless shelter. We believe that Great. each hotel will sustain a sizable uh, homeless shelter and solving it uh, in a sustainable way a problem in society in a way in a way that it's sustainable and it makes business sense. Great. So is that hotel up and running now, or what's the uh, timeline oh, for that hotel in oh, Oregon? The, the first one will be operating in, in about a year. Our first one's going to be a luxury four-star uh, resort hotel, and 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 we're going to prove it with that hotel. And uh, and we can build hotels fast because they're easier to finance. And then we've got foreign investors that are really watching uh, that what we're proving as a trend in the marketplace. Uh, you know how you know I never uh, you know even considered before competing with Marriott and Hilton and Holiday Inn. How do you compete with those brands? Well, I know how to compete the same way I do in a very competitive fast casual sandwich business. It's by applying cause capitalism in a way that it's never been done before, and then catching. Capturing the hearts and minds of the millennial generation, 80 million people that now have checkbook, checking accounts and credit cards and jobs. <laughs> so, so you have people, inve- investors like the dentist you were saying, are investing in the event, Falls Event Centers, in the hotels, in the sandwich shops. Is that the way they're profiting yes. from the whole thing as well? Yes, they go through a qualifying process, and if, the, if we feel that they're at a level of financial fitness where it makes sense and they're like-minded, we invite them to join us, and and we believe that uh, you know with exciting growth comes exciting returns. Uh, you know, my my vision originally with even Stevens uh, Sandwich Shops was to become the next uh, Potbelly, which went public for a billion dollars a few years ago. Then it was Chipotle, and then we're thinking, no, this is Starbucks. We're, uh, we we believe uh, scrap that. Uh, we're going to become the Google 
of the fast casual restaurant business. Why limit it to any, uh, that, that by comparing us to anyone else in our sector? And, and we already have foreign countries that are looking for licensing rights for even Stevens. Kind of an exciting time for even Stevens. Uh, really is. Cool Very good. And it's okay, we have fun, to, great food. We have to take another break. Food. We have to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Steve Down. He's the CEO of Steve Down LLC. You can see he's involved in restaurants and uh, event centers and hotels and giving back all kinds of different things. You can find out more at his website, stevedown.com or financiallyfit.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Steve Down, CEO of Steve Down, LLC. You can find out more about him at his website, stevedown.com or financiallyfit.com. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Thank you, Jordan. So I hear, uh, I saw online that you are getting a philanthropic award named after you uh, at the Evergreen Museum. Tell me about that one. Well, you know, uh, I didn't know that was already public. They said, they said please keep that confidential. It's, a, it's, it's out uh, there. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you got some sources out there. Um, we're the number one um, donor to the uh, Evergreen uh, Aviation and Space Museum. We've had the opportunity of buying the uh, the campus, uh, which was valued at, uh, at about $111 million uh, in bankruptcy court. We purchased the assets for $11 million. What separated us from all the competition and, and the reason why the Department of Justice got behind us is because we took a different approach. Rather than then uh, uh, taking the, uh, uh, the, the traditional approach of we're going to buy these assets and we're going to sell them off and, and, uh, and make a boatload of money. Uh, we re- uh, represented that uh, we're going to sustain this museum for the state of Oregon. It has the Spruce Goose, uh, Howard Hughes' wooden airplane, 
uh, on, on uh, display. It has uh, hundreds of airplanes, including the, the SR-71 Blackbird and so forth. So we are their number one donor. We uh, uh, They needed $70,000 a month that in order to sustain themselves. We pledge $70,000 per month. We give them free rent. And... Uh, and uh, it's the Dell Smith Steve Down Award, and they they simply stated that they wanted to give the award to the Falls Event Center this year uh, because we are by far their number one. Since you asked, we are their number one donor, and we're Great. proud of that. We we we, we I love pre- preserving aviation history and honoring men and women in uniform. How, how do you think that's going to be received in McMinnville when everybody finds out about this award? Well, you know I. I when an outsider comes in and, and takes over something, there's always uh, some suspicion. And and uh, uh, I've got some family members now living in the area. It's a it's a beautiful uh, wine country of uh, Oregon, the new Napa of Oregon. And uh, and our intent is to make this the the number one destination in the state of Oregon. And I think the uh, uh, people are beginning to catch the vision, and we're hoping that we can win their trust by demonstrating that we are who uh, we say we are, and that is we are cause capitalists. So tell me a little bit more about this Evergreen Wings and Waves water park. H- how is the business doing these days? Well, it's um, it'll do $4 million in sales this year. We believe it's capable of doing $10 million a year in sales. Uh, the the uh, water park was built uh, by the visionary Dell Smith at a cost of $45 million. He has passed, uh, since passed away, uh, the founder of Evergreen Airlines. Uh, it's, uh, this man was uh, quite the visionary. It's a $45 million facility with a 747 perched on top. Uh, you uh, enter the 747 by climbing the stairs uh, within the water park, and then you choose one of four water slides to re-enter the water park. It's world class, and uh, and we, uh, we you know we're thrilled that we're 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 able to continue Mr. Smith's legacy. And, uh, and that's what, in part, helps us to be uh, a very uh, good uh, support to the museum. And, uh, uh, and so uh, it, it, it will, uh, we will be building a, a world-class hotel next to it. Uh, uh, we have hundreds of thousands of square feet of uh, a meeting space, including a six-story IMAX theater, uh, aviation museum, uh, so you, uh, and space museum, where you can have your events around the most uh, incredible, you know, artifacts ever ever invented. Sounds uh, amazing. You know. Sounds amazing. I, I was yes. I saw there was a story in the paper about how you sold some of the airplanes from the museum. Uh, why was this done? What what happened with uh, selling some of the planes from the museum? Well, that's a long story. Uh, I'd, I'd rather focus on the you know of the ten st- uh, airplanes that we own. Uh, okay. we, uh, we we preserved uh, you know eight of them and continue to stay there, and uh, and we you know we we made uh, we had to make a, a business decision there and and uh, but you know uh, I I think the relationship we have with the museum pretty much says it all. Uh, I'm friends with the museum, and uh, and they uh, in fact I'm meeting with them with the Oregonian newspaper this next Thursday and. Uh, because you know the rumors start flying around, but uh, but you know uh, keep in mind, Jordan, we all, uh, we are still a business. We are cause capitalists, but the, yes. uh, you know I also have to make hard decisions uh, as the CEO of these companies to ensure uh, that I'm preserving the assets of my uh, private equity partners and yes. uh, and providing a return on their investment. 
w- one of the things that was said in the uh, one of these articles was that you use some of the money from selling the planes to fund a Broadway play called Money the Musical. And what was that all about? You know, that's uh, that's purely rumor, and huh. um, and that's the first I ever heard of that because that's a, a, a division of uh, financially fit. Yes, huh. we're uh, we're planning a musical entitled um, Money the Musical. And it's introducing cause capitalism in, in a in a world class entertainment fashion. I see. But the, uh, but, you know what's interesting is we have some uh, some rumors uh, flying around as of recent. Uh, we've uh-huh. had uh, uh, you know uh, there's been some uh, uh, you know some public relations uh, from our enemies uh, that that are really seeking to uh, that have an agenda where they're they're hoping to. to uh, uh, to you know, they they have an agenda. Let me let, let me say that. And uh, when when you buy a hundred and eleven million dollar asset for eleven million dollars, not everyone in town is happy about it. I and see. Uh, so, and so I'm, I'm I'm hearing things every day. I try not to let it distract me too much, but uh, but uh, it's it's interesting that I have to hear something like that uh, from uh, from the East Coast. Something that that I've never heard of before. I see. Okay. Actually, it turns out we have a call from somebody who's been listening to the show. Um, I think your name is Dave. Dave, uh, welcome to the Money Answer Show. What is your question for Steve Down? Yeah, I, I want to talk about these two airplanes that were uh, sold that were at the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum. Uh, according to a bankruptcy sales agreement and what was called a letter of intent, uh, those planes were supposed to, even if they have new owners, which uh, Falls Event Center is, those, according to these documents, which we have copies of, uh, should have stayed permanently at the museum and were allowed to leave on a temporary basis for personal use of the new owner or air shows. Those uh, planes have left permanently. The P-51D Mustang, uh, which interestingly enough has uh, had Michael King-Smith's name on the cockpit of it, um, left the museum permanently. And uh, the that's the question I've got is... It, these legal court documents said that these planes weren't supposed to leave permanently, and they have. So what's your answer to that? This might be Dave Adams of the uh, local radio station, and you know the answer to that question, Dave, because you, you're, you're local, and you know that the, uh, the, the agreement that was signed was, uh, uh, was contrary to that. If you uh, are confused with that, then call uh, again and, and talk to the... A chairman of the board of the museum, and and, and he'll set you straight. But uh, well, I've uh, I've uh, talked we, to the chairman. We know that there's an, an agenda of a handful of people do whatever that have become to. our enemies. And, and Dave, uh, you're, you're you're part of that camp. And so there don't talk over it. each other. Don't talk over each other. Just go one at a time. So basically, you're saying it's that. Steve, that there was no no problem. Honest question deserves an you know a question like that. Questioning the integrity of our company deserves an honest answer. Sure. Okay, Dave, so we, we got about the answer about that. What other questions do you have for Steve, since you seem to know about his situation? Okay, where did the airplane money go? Was it used for the musical, or was it used for legal fees? What? Uh, David, we're a private company, and that's none of your business. Okay, let's go right. to some other topics, Dave, than the, the sale of the airplanes. What, what other things do you have? Because you're in the local area, you've seen this museum, and, and people may not be familiar with it. So what else have you got? Okay, people in McMinnville, you came to town and you made a, a commitment, a promise to make 
the Falls Event Center, the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum in McMinnville, the number one tourist destination in the state of Oregon, you plan to build a world-class uh, hotel there on site. And so you, you came to town with, uh, you know, very lofty ambitions and people, uh, you came to town and there was applause and everybody liked what you said. And then people are a little confused because they're seeing these, they're seeing assets go away and not assets come, which is what they were expecting when you were seeing uh, a, a, a five-star hotel built. So people are a little bit confused, honestly, Steve. Well, again, it's not an objective question from, an, uh, from a biased party, but I will answer that question. Uh, we uh, plan to build a, a, a 20, uh, an approximate $20 million hotel, and we have already, uh, we have already invested millions of dollars uh, you know, upgrading uh, the, uh, the, the site. And so uh, I'm accountable to my shareholders. I'm not ac- accountable to a... Uh, to, uh, uh, to a, a handful of people with their own agenda, Dave. That's the bottom line. Okay. Let's talk about the Business Journal has reported that you've received a Wells notice as part of the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission investigation. Uh, are you familiar with that? You know, and, and I'm not going to comment on that, uh, Dave, because the intent of your phone call is to uh, continue the rumors that uh, that have been created and perhaps the, even the uh, investigation that was created by your group. And so... Uh, Is that know, accurate, though, Steve? Uh, I've never heard about this. Has there been a Wells notice involved? Yes, there has. Uh, we, we have, we have a, an, an informal investigation, an informal investigation mm-hmm. that is... Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, it's a non-public investigation. It was not uh, uh, the intent of the SEC is that when they look at you, it's not to disrupt your business. But then you have enemies with uh, their own agenda that, uh, that go to newspapers and media like we're experiencing right now, which I think I, I, think I will probably close here any second now and, uh, because, uh, because it makes me you know, uh, wonder what the intent of the entire interview was. And, uh, and so no, I haven't uh, heard of this before. This is the first I'm hearing of this, and I just okay. want people to know yes. what's involved. That's yes. all. Um, so yes. it, you're saying it's an yes. informal there, there, negotiation. There's a public investigation that, yeah. that a friend of Dave's made public, and it is oh. now a, a non-public investigation has gone public, which I we see. believe that will uh, will soon close. But, of course, that's not a, a decision for me to make. So, so uh uh, disrupting okay. our business has been your intent, Dave, and, 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 and you and your pals, and, and uh, you have disrupted this, but, but, but you won't. Uh, you're, you're not going to destroy that, uh, that facility uh, for your personal benefit. Uh, now you're making personal accusations, and I'm, I'm not extremely excited about that, Steve. Let's keep it out of I'm the personal realm. Just keep it to the facts, Dave. What, what, what other facts do you have that you have questions for Steve since you're on the ground and you know what's happening there locally? Well, the, the, just questions from the people. I'll, I ask the question and I get uh, these personal accusations. So I was there in attendance when, when Steve Down made his appearance and said that he was going to make it the number one tourist destination in the state of Oregon. And we all applauded. And uh, so we were all at high hopes for the museum. If you look in the past, you'll find that uh, the radio station and myself have been strong supporters of the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum. And we still are to this day. Uh, and so, that just 
when we see assets leaving and we're not seeing anything moving forward as far as this five-star hotel, that makes us question what's going on. So is that true, Steve, that assets are leaving? You, sounds like you're investing a lot in the hotel. Why would assets be leaving the, the, the town? Well, again, uh, uh, I'm accountable to my shareholders. I'm not accountable to Dave Adams, a, a biased reporter in the little town of McMinnville. And so uh, I'll, I, 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 I'm, I'm, no, okay. I don't feel it's, uh, I feel it's right. unnecessary to, to answer his question because uh, he, he's not uh, a non-biased, um, you know, party in this, uh, in this, uh, uh, that we're, we have a call, a call in with a, with a, an, an agenda. And, uh, and I'm going to close the interview right now, gentlemen. Well, we'd, we'd like to go on further. We, we've been very interested in what you've been talking about here. I'd like to, t- well, he hung up. Well, he just hung up. That wasn't very good. Well, Dave, since we have you on the phone, you, you know more what's happening there locally. What is your view of, of what's been happening in McMinnville with, with uh, the hotel and the operations there? Well, uh, we, we have a veterans outreach called Operation Eagle's Wings that we do. And we, we love veterans. We uh, love, love the story that the Evergreen Aviation the Space Museum that shares about veterans, aviation, and space. Uh, the station editorially went on the air and supported Evergreen when they were in the throes of bankruptcy proceeding that we need as a community to stand by and support it. We did not want to see the facility turned into something like a factory or a warehouse or something. We wanted to see it continue in its present form. And if you do um, some background checking, you'll find that that story is true. So... Um, we we were there in the audience. In fact, we were doing some promotions in, in conjunction with um, the Falls Event Center called the Homegrown Music Series. And so we were partners with them to promote Evergreen and to promote Falls. Uh, we, as soon as we started to hear some things that were going on that we were questioning, we pulled our um, we pulled our events from their facility because it it created for us a conflict of interest as we were having to dig down and get some answers. Uh, so I have no problem with Steve Down, uh, I, and I have no problem with Evergreen. Anything, anybody that will promote and foster the growth of Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum and their mission uh, has our full and unending support. Uh, we just, and he keeps talking about this agenda. My agenda is, is supporting the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum and their mission to tell the story of aviation space and veterans especially. So we will um, we'll ask some pretty tough questions because we, we support what they do. Uh, and so I keep going back to this. Um, if we could delve down into the sale of these two airplanes, but let me just further that a little bit. Uh, there were, in the bankruptcy sales agreement, references what's called a letter of intent. Typically, yes. letters of intent are that, a letter of intent or wish to proceed with further documents. This letter of intent is interesting, and it says in the letter of intent that this letter of intent, which was signed by both parties, uh, can only be amended by a written agreement signed by both parties. And we have asked for the, doc- the furthering document that you know, amended this letter of intent, and we have not been given that. This letter of intent was also... Uh, related to directly in the district court bankruptcy sales agreement of which the Falls Event Center took possession of, of the museum. And this letter of intent, and we talked to an attorney about this, and he said, Dave, this is an interesting question because 
Typically, a letter of intent is not a binding agreement in a contract, but this letter of intent says that it is. So it's something that might have to be determined by a court. Now, when we asked the board of directors of the museum, why didn't you support this very strongly worded letter of intent that you signed, you both signed it, and it's saying somebody at some point really wanted these, these, these planes to stay at the museum. Uh, and now the board has essentially told us in an interview when we talked to the board chairman, well, Falls Event Center owns these planes and they can do whatever they want with them. Well, he was basically, Steve was basically saying it's a private Please company. Show me another document that, that says something else. Steve was saying it's a private company and they can do whatever they want with the uh, proceeds, basically. And he, he, he kind of said that the, the money is going towards the Broadway show, but he wasn't exactly clear about that. Right. And so, but, but, and so the board, I guess it's an agreement. If, if somebody holds a piece of paper on you and they can enforce that and they opt not to enforce it, I guess it's their, their choice not to. And they can say, well, we have a binding agreement against you, but we're not going to enforce it. So no harm, no foul. It could be where they're thinking it is. But yeah. the museum, as we further this, the museum is a 501c3 that's supposed to be acting in the best interest of the public. So that yeah. adds a little bit more so, color to it. Let, let's talk further about the Wells notice. He did say that there is one, but he says it's kind of a private, minimal thing. It's about to go away. It's no big deal. What is your uh, understanding of the Wells notice? Uh, my understanding of the Wells notice is a Wells notice is a uh, courtesy notice from the Securities and Exchange Commission that some kind of enforcement action is pending and imminent based upon an investigation from the SEC. Uh, we have not been able to determine exactly what the SEC was, was investigating. Uh, Steve Down is not telling us. The SEC is not telling us. We do know that there was a Wells notice that was issued, which means that, you know, if you look at the history of Wells notice releases, that there's some kind of action going to come from the SEC. We don't know when, we don't know what it is, and we don't what know would what you, Knowing the company well, what would you expect that Wells notice to include? Uh, well, that's, that's uh, pretty subjective on my part. I'm already being accused of having an agenda, so I would rather just stick to, to the facts. All I know okay. is that there's a Wells notice saying that there's some kind of enforcement action coming from the SEC. I don't know what that is, and I don't know what they're investigating, so I would prefer not to make that, uh, that jump in, in an assumption, which is what it would be on my part. I want to yeah. be totally fair to Steve Down, but I also would really like some questions answered. And I've, I've, I've been working on this story for a few months now, and, and uh, I just get accused of having an agenda when I just have some questions. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's been attracting investors to uh, the Falls Event Center and so on. What is your sense of how they're doing financially? Uh, he said they were doing fine and producing hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's going to go from a hundred million to a billion. You heard what he was saying. But what is your uh, what? What have you found out about the likelihood of that happening? Um, the documents that we've been able to obtain. Uh, about the Falls Event Center show that uh, I, I question his claims. Let's put it that way. And whenever I'm asked to prove that or asked for him to prove that, you know, show me you're a financially viable company, uh, he basically says it's a private business. It's none of your business, Dave Adams. Yeah. Uh, and I said, well, you're making these claims to your investors. I've got some documentation here that shows that what you're saying 
causes me some concern, and I'm like, I would like you to explain this. And okay. he refuses to and usually hangs up the phone. We actually have another caller on the line. Uh, JW, JW, well, welcome to the Money Answer Show. Hey, Jordan. How are you? Hi, I've been listening to this. You've been um, hearing the show, and you apparently know about this whole situation, too. What is your perspective on what we've been hearing so far? Um, the uh, big lie. The Falls Event Center is not a going concern, in my opinion. Um, the investors haven't been paid. He released finances in June that shows that the business is a negative $35 million. And he's losing, on my estimates, about $2.5 million a month. And the only way he can make money is new investors. I think he told you that the hotel will be up in a year. Yes. There hasn't even been a building permit. It's a hole in the ground. Um, how he's going to do 25 even Stevens by the end of the year, have no clue. All his event centers, if you include taxes, are losing money. He's losing over $7 million by his own numbers on the non-operating centers. And he mentioned the St. Paul place, which I believe he also overpays for places. Um, so he's negative, losing money for his investors. He's technically in default on, with his investors, but they believe him. They believe that he will do it. But he lied throughout your call. And he's using yeah, he, cause capital to sucker people in. He's been saying he's bringing in dentists and doctors because they have a lot of money, and he wants to make sure they're uh, fiscally fit before he allows them to invest. What is your view of that? He's using the, the dentist for, for suckers. He's figured out that they, on average, invest about 400000 And he shows them all these things, like McMinnville, that we're going to add all these things, an RV park, a mini park. But under the Oregon land use laws, he can't do it. But he shows them and tells them what they want to believe. Like, we're the fastest-growing company in history? Oh, come on. And so he shows the dentists what they want to hear, has a captive audience. Um, and I, I asked him about the award, the philanthropic award, and what he thought the people of McMinnville will think of him. What do you, what do you think of what he said about that? They'll be outraged because it's Stephen Down Philanthropy Award. Michael K. Smith died in a car crash. He was in, what, an F-15, F-16 pilot along with another major. That was Dell Smith dedicated the entire museum Steve Downs has put no money into this place. The donation per month is coming from the investors in the water park. As far as I know, he's not even a member of the museum, either as a Falls Event Center. And he hasn't invested millions in there. He put up B-board and painted white walls. I think there'll be outrage from the military that you change an award and put someone who has a Wells notice and an SEC investigation in fact, what he forgot to tell you was he was under investigation in 99. It was censured for two years. Yeah, we have about a minute to go, Dave. Just give us your final comments on uh, what you've heard from Steve down on the show today. Well, I'm still, I'm still you know, I'm a reporter working on a story, and, and uh, I'm not trying to discredit Steve, but what I do want is answers to my questions. Where did the money go from the airplanes? Uh, somebody show me why this letter of intent and this court-approved bankruptcy sales agreement shouldn't hold water. Uh, I've got a court document here that should be enforceable, and everybody seems to want to walk away from it. I've got a museum that has lost uh, the access to 
valuable planes that it should not have lost access to because there's documents here enforcing the museum's right to enforce them staying there. I'm concerned about the museum, and I'm concerned that uh, people that are making decisions there uh, might not be making decisions in the best interest of the museum. And I'm just going by the, the court documents, and I'm just wanting answers. And I'm still in that situation. I'm wanting answers. Very good. All right, well, we have to close the show. The show took an unusual turn, but I'm glad we got the real truth out here. Steve is not with us anymore, but we got two people who know the local situation, McMinnville, uh, JW, and Dave. Thank you so much for coming on and exposing what the real truth is. So this has been an unusual Money Answer show, but for now, uh, that's it, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.